Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Welcome to Compliance Beat. I'm Eric Moorhead. Glad to be with you again. I should have mentioned on our relaunch uh, episode last week that I am really interested in any subjects, topics, uh, areas of interest that uh, you think we ought to cover on the podcast. You can get in touch with me directly at eric at moreheadconsulting.com or you can go to compliancebeat.com. There's a button to send us an email at the website and you can do that as well. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about Code of Conduct launch. Uh, I've worked on probably upwards of 80 Code of Conduct projects in some capacity over the last decade or longer now. Uh, And um, one thing that I can say with fair amount of certainty is if there's one area, even the most prepared, best prepared, uh, best resourced, thoughtful um, clients have a, a, a little bit of a struggle with, and that's launching the code of conduct. Code of conduct revisions oftentimes are timed with uh, the annual training. Uh, that seems to be a common theme. But as far as the other resources and efforts uh, around launching the code of conduct, uh, it's pretty scattershot. And so I wanted to talk uh, about th- three areas, three um, items to keep in mind for a successful code of conduct launch. Uh, the first thing, and this is uh, can encompass a lot of different things, is be creative. Uh, think outside the box, as they say, uh, when you are contemplating the launch of a code of conduct uh, you know use video use uh, uh, put together some uh, short podcasts uh, uh, use uh, any kind of upcoming sales or marketing meetings or other executive uh, communication efforts that are ongoing you know hit your hit your uh, your star to uh, any um, available resources that are out there and be creative and don't just do the same thing you've done the last three or four times you've uh, updated the code of conduct. If you've done a poster in the past, maybe that still makes sense to do a poster, but what else can you do? Um, you know, you, you wanna reach uh, those people that perhaps you haven't reached in the past. And that might mean uh, trying a different channel of communication. Uh, again, uh, uh, find out what's going on with health, safety, and environment, for example, HSE folks. If you're in an organization, a manufacturing or uh, uh, extractive industries or something like that, where you have a lot of people out in the field, a lot of people uh, that are interacting with uh, health and safety um, personnel on a regular basis, that's integral to the DNA of your organization. Well, heck, it makes sense uh, to leverage that channel of communication that already exists. Uh, So get in touch with the uh, health and safety folks and get on their agenda for when the code is going to launch so that they can be part of that process and uh, provide them collateral. Make sure that they have collateral so that they 
uh, can speak intelligently about the changes to the code, uh, pump up the audience that they're addressing uh, about the code of conduct being delivered, things like that. Uh, try to imagine different ways to get to different parts of the population. Don't just do the same old thing, be creative. That's number one. Number two, and this is probably the most important one, and this is a mantra that I've been uh, saying to you all for several years now, uh, on this podcast. And for those of you who worked with me, it's something that I really focus on a lot on the projects I work with my clients on. And that's engaging the middle, reaching the middle, getting middle management involved. Uh, just was talking about trying to find different av avenues of communication. There is no more effective avenue of communication around compliance issues than your managers, your frontline managers, the people who are the go-to people for the majority of people in your organization. Uh, we go to back to the statistic all the time because it's, it's really relevant and it's logical, but I think sometimes it gets overlooked. When you ask the question, uh, and this has been asked in several surveys over the past 10 years, uh, primarily um, the national business, or now the global business ethics uh, survey that uh, um, the ethics uh, initiative undertakes on a biannual basis but but other surveys have asked a similar question and it always comes out the same and the question is who do you want to go to you've got a question you've got a concern you need to report something what is the resource you're most comfortable going to and the number one answer always 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 is you their manager your immediate manager your immediate supervisor those managers and supervisors are the most important piece of the puzzle when you're trying to uh, create, maintain an effective compliance program. So it only makes sense if your goal is to have a successful launch of your uh, revised code of conduct that you also engage the, that middle, that you have those uh, line managers, those people who are the go-to people for the majority of your stakeholders that they are on board, that they have resources. So what would this look like in a practical terms? I wanna give you a couple of, of concrete ideas here. One would be to put together uh, a manager guide on the changes and expectations around the code of conduct. So if you haven't updated your code in say five years, and you probably have some new um, uh, information in that code of conduct that you wanna highlight, there might be some risks, uh, the particular risks that have uh, the guidance has changed or been modified or enhanced that you want to um, identify. Uh, it doesn't have to be particularly long. Maybe it's uh, like a two-page document with you know eight bullet points or something like that. But give them something concrete. Give those managers something material. Say, code is going to launch on X date. Uh, it's really important that everybody be familiar with the code. We want people to go to the code as their resource to understand what the expectations are, what our rules are, and where to go if they have questions or concerns. And you can lay out those key elements that you want those managers to hit. That, to me, is probably the most effective thing you can do uh, for a code launch is get the middle involved. And then maybe you do a video for them. Uh, maybe you gather together you know, a sample of uh, managers from throughout the organization, like six or eight people, and do a roundtable and videotape uh, some of the more interest and videotape it and then uh, put together a short video with some of the more interesting and illuminating 
dialogue that comes out of that. So they can see fellow managers uh, discussing the code, what it means, how it can be an effective tool, and why it's important for managers uh, to cascade messaging about it. Uh, I think that's the most important thing that you can do, is, is find a way uh, with the resources you have uh, to get those managers involved. Because if you do that, you're going to have a successful launch. Because they're going to have talked it up, they're going to have primed the pump, so to speak, uh, for all the stakeholders to have expectations and, and be waiting uh, to uh, receive that code of conduct. And, and they're also going to be primed with the key uh, messages that you think are most important, the key themes, those bullet points. So uh, to me, that is the most important thing. And a third thing, uh, which I think is done probably more frequently than these other two items that I mentioned being creative and, and engaging the middle, and that's uh, tie, tying or coordinating the launch of the code with uh, some other uh, compliance-related event uh, so that um, you can, again, piggyback on the momentum and the resources around that event. Uh, many organizations ha celebrate Compliance Week, have a Compliance Week. Uh, maybe launch your code uh, on the last day of Compliance Week or the first day of Compliance Week or have some sort of uh, messaging and launch during Compliance Week. Uh, training. This is probably the most common, as I mentioned at the top of the conversation, where organizations will uh, be revising or relaunching their code of conduct uh, at the same time that they launch their annual code training. Um, I think that's fine, and again, that's pre pretty common, and usually it is something like uh, there'll be a link in the, um, in the training itself saying, here's the code of conduct, go look at it. Uh, but, but what I would suggest is, if you're going to do that, really integrate it. Don't just have a, you know, uh, a link at the beginning or the end of uh, the training that just lets people go and you know, open, the, open the PDF and look at it. Uh, integrate uh, the, the, the code and the information in the code into that training. Uh, maybe have a couple of different places throughout the training, if you have custom training for your code of conduct where they actually have to go and look at the code. You know, what does our, what does our code say about X? Uh, what are three things that you can do with regard to um, harassment that our code mentions on page, you know, 26? I think you want, if you're going to tie it to training, let's really tie it to training if you can. And now I understand that some organizations have uh, off-the-shelf off training or training that's not custom customized to their code, but maybe this is a separate effort that is in conjunction with the training. So you have a link to your new code of conduct, but then you have a separate document or a separate exercise uh, that the uh, employees are expected to go through uh, that, that, from, that actually really engages them and encourages them to open the code other than just to click on it to satisfy the um, you know the the fact that they've opened it uh, uh, for for annual training. So uh, I don't have a problem with coordinating with training. I think it can be very effective. Just let's let let me suggest that you do something a little bit more than just have them open the document and then probably promptly close it. Let's let's try to engage uh, uh, with the information in the code a little bit more. Other um, uh, events that you could tie to. I mentioned uh, Compliance Week. Um, but uh, uh, events such as annual, uh, an annual certification of the code or annual 
certification and uh, conflicts disclosure. Uh, this is something that uh, sometimes is coordinated with the training, but also but also sometimes is just separate. Again, it's an opportunity to have uh, the employees engage with the code a little bit more than just saying acknowledging that they are aware that it exists or clicking it just to open it once, but but maybe have uh, again queries within the certification uh, that that that. Uh, um, uh, encourage them to actually engage with the code a little bit more, like a couple queries that it will require them to actually open up the code and and use it. I think that that's valuable, um, and and that also qualifies as training. Uh, it 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 really shows that there's an engagement with the code that's beyond just acknowledging its existence without actually ever engaging with it. So that's to me is important. So you can coordinate with other certifications, training, and and that sort of thing, but. I think it really has to be meaningful for it to, to have some value here. So those are three kind of broad areas that I think are important for a successful launch. Um, the, uh, the other key thing that I would suggest here too is that you really wanna start thinking about your launch early. As with anything else with any of these projects, time, uh, the time involved in uh, revising a code, the time involved in translating a code, the time involved in uh, designing uh, a, a, a new look for your code of conduct often can take much longer than you initially anticipate. And the same is true uh, for launching a code. Uh, the planning involved, uh, getting the right personnel involved, including um, uh, IT as necessary to make sure that you have a successful launch of any of this collateral material. Um, plan ahead. Uh, give yourself adequate time. Uh, so, so that's a that's a bonus. So, so three plus one, three three things to consider, three three areas to 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 try to broaden your uh, the tools that you use, and then also uh, give yourself appropriate time, give yourself appropriate runway to get this done uh, in an effective manner. I think that's really important. So, uh, I hope that's helpful. I know that uh, many uh, organizations right now are in in the process of revising or updating their code. Uh, as we're kind of on the back end of uh, this crisis period or starting to be on the back end of this crisis period. Uh, so la code launches are going to be coming fast and furious as we head into this, to the fall here. Uh, but uh, I hope that these ideas are helpful for you as you're planning a successful code launch or relaunch at your organization. Again, as always, uh, please send me your questions, comments, suggestions uh, to eric at moreheadconsulting.com or visit us at the compliancebeat.com website. Till next time, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.